When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, listeners, we promised you a bonus episode of our very first episode from five years ago. Elizabeth, are you ready? We are going to replay that first episode. Oh my God, Gretch, it's hard to believe that it's been five years, like a whole half decade <laughs> that we have been doing Happier. Yeah. And when I just listened to it, it sounds like I have a gun to my head. <laughs> you know, I literally checked the speed of my player to see if I had accidentally switched it to half speed <laughs> because I thought we both sounded like we were speaking so slowly. What was going on? I know. And Gretchen, doing the show would take so much out of us. Yes. We'd record, then we'd talk on the phone about it, and then we'd be like wiped out for the rest of the day. Oh, I, it just drained every ounce of strength out of me. It took us a while to build up more stamina. Yes, it absolutely did. And then one fun thing, Gretchen, is that the first time we recorded this, we each did a gold star and we each did a demerit. Yeah. And we decided, okay, that's just too long. So our so one of them got cut um, from both of us for this first episode. And I remember that my demerit was going to be um, watching three hours of The Bachelor. <laughs> and can I tell you, last night, there were three hours of The Bachelor and I watched. So I have not come very far on my Bachelor viewing in five years. Well, that's the thing. Is you go back to this first episode and you see that so many things that we talk about in the very first episode, like the one-minute rule, end up being major themes in the podcast for years to come. Also, in my work, 
I talked about Outer Order, Inner Calm in that very first episode. I had no idea I would go on to write a book about Outer Order, Inner Calm. It's just, it's funny to see how many things kind of were at their most nascent stages in that first episode. Coming up after this break, we will play the first episode of Happier with Gretchen Rubin. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, his retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com happier. That's StoryWorth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. We discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness and good habits. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister of the sage, Elizabeth Kraft, who's my happiness guinea pig and questioner. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and Gretchen makes me happier, even if it's against my will. (laughs) This week, we'll talk about the one-minute rule as a habit that helps to keep clutter under control, whether you're a satisficer or a maximizer when making decisions, and how to avoid a common happiness stumbling block. We'll also answer a listener question and reveal our happiness fails and gold stars for the week. We're going to start with a suggestion you can try at home, something small and manageable that will actually make a difference about how you feel each day. And our first try this at home tip is 
the one-minute rule. The one-minute rule is exactly what it sounds like. If you have a task that can be done in less than one minute, do it without delay. And this has been so helpful for me because I realize that if I just hang up my coat instead of dumping it on a chair, if I rip open a letter and read it and throw it away, if I answer an email that you know is a one-word answer without yeah. postponing it, then those little things don't become the scum <laughs> on the surface of life. Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine told me that her apartment went from being a total wreck to being quite tidy without much effort. And another friend said his productivity shut up because when he got rid of all those little things, then he felt like he could do the bigger things. Yeah. I mean, for me, I have to say your one minute rule has actually improved my marriage. <laughs> oh. uh, because as you know, I'm extremely messy if left to my own devices. I will say in your and... defense, you're not dirty. You're just messy. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> Whereas Adam, my husband, is very neat. Uh, if you go into his closet, all the shirts are together, yeah. you know, all the pants, everything's perfectly arranged. And one of the things that we used to fight about a lot was me being messy. And so once I instituted this one minute rule, I started putting dishes in the dishwasher, putting in laundry, changing the laundry, scooping up that huge pile of clothes that accumulates next to my bed yeah. every week. Um, and so it has, you know, relieved some of that tension. Although if you asked him, he would probably say I could do much, much better. But it, it's something. It's something. And the thing that's nice about it is that it's it's small and it's gradual. Like you don't have to, you know, spend the entire weekend cleaning out your closet. You don't have to take like a week of your vacation time to deal with a garage. It's just something that you fit into like the little bits of your day. Like, you know, you've got one minute before you have to head out the door and, you know, you've got your keys in your hand and you're just like, okay, I could just do one thing. And so that stuff gets done without a lot of effort. It just, it's, it, it's, it's not hard to work it into your daily routine. Yeah. And I think of each of these things as an accomplishment of the day. Oh, yeah. So it sort of builds up the, le the number of accomplishments per day. Well, and it's funny because so many people, like whenever I talk to them about happiness, something that's really surprising is how often people say that outer order contributes to inner calm really more than it should. I mean, like, why does having like a messy kitchen counter or a messy desk make you feel weighed down or like you have no creativity or no energy? But over and over, people say, when you clear those surfaces and get rid of stuff and put stuff away so you can find it, you get this weird surge of energy and cheer. Like a friend of mine said, I cleaned up my fridge and now I know I can switch careers. And I knew exactly what she meant. <laughs> and if that's an illusion, it's a helpful illusion. There's just something about doing that, uh, taking that time that does make people feel like they're more in control. I definitely feel more in control when you come to my house and clean out my closets for me. I will give you that. <laughs> that is my favorite thing to do. I know. Um, Which is a nice quality in an older sister. Well, let, let us know if you do try this at home and how the one-minute rule works for you. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Connect on the Gretchen Rubin Facebook page or drop us an email. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Elizabeth, Here's a question to help you know yourself better. When it comes to making decisions, are you a maximizer or a satisficer? Well, why don't you, maybe you should start by defining those words. I'm thinking a normal person probably has no idea what you're talking about. It hasn't been indoctrinated the way you have. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yes, these are real words, um, and it has to do with how you make decisions. Maximizers want to make 
the maximum best decision. They want to make the optimal decision. If they're choosing a tent or an apartment or a pasta sauce, they want to make the best possible choice. Satisficers, and that's a word that's a combination of satisfy and suffice, yeah. are people who they have a certain criteria, and that criteria could be very high, but once it's met, then they move on. They don't have to feel like they have the best pasta sauce at the best price. They just have to feel like they have what they wanted. And what's interesting is that maximizers are a lot less happy with their decisions. They have more regrets. They don't feel as yeah. good about their choices. They're anxious about it. So what do you think you are? Are you more of a maximizer or a satisficer? I, I uh, call myself a recovering maximizer. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people are a mix of both. Yeah. So you're recovering maximizer. Yeah, because I think I used to think I should be a maximizer, partly because, you know, our mother, who I call the Martha Stewart of Kansas City, <laughs> yes. is the ultimate maximizer. She'll spend months looking at fabric, paint choices, coffee tables, uh, Christmas ornaments, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And she loves and it. And, and, she's, and she's got wonderful taste. Um, I, for instance, years ago, I moved into an apartment and I, I was, used a cardboard box turned over <laughs> as my coffee table. Which is totally typical, just, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> which I just couldn't like handle picking a coffee table. There were so many out there. And of course, everyone would make fun of me for this. So I finally said to my writing partner, Sarah, I just wish someone would buy me a coffee table. I wouldn't care what it was. Right. It's just if I ha once I have it, I know that I won't ever think about it again, but I can't commit. Right. If, it, if you just had a coffee table that worked as a coffee table, that would be enough. Your criteria would be met. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was just the existential dilemma of choosing it. So Sarah, being the good writing partner that she is for my birthday, went to a thrift store and bought me an extremely ugly coffee table, which I used for, I think, around five years, probably until I got married. Um, I will say in my defense that people would come to my apartment and sort of feel nostalgic for the cardboard box. Uh, I think it made them feel good about themselves. Uh, but anyway, to this point, I mean, I've had blank walls my whole life. Nothing on the walls, again, unless mom visited and hey, yeah. put something on the wall. This is frustrating for my husband. And I am trying and have, I think, in recent years become more of a satisficer where I yeah. realize it doesn't have to be the perfect yes. art. It, we just need something on the wall. Right. There's this great line from Voltaire where he says, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And it's like, don't let the desire for the perfect coffee table or the perfect painting mean that you get nothing. Because if you just satisfice um, you have the satisfaction of, of, of moving on. Research suggests that satisficers are happier. They're, they're more contented with their decisions. They don't use so much time and energy. Uh, they don't burn it up coming to those decisions. And they have less regret about the decisions they've made. And so really, it seems like for happiness, satisficing is, uh, is a better choice. Well, I have to disagree on one point, which is that our mom, for example, who I said is the ultimate maximizer, I think she really enjoys the process of making those decisions. Right. She enjoys those hours she spends. Yes. So I think if you are a person who loves the journey of choices, it's good to be a maximizer. But for most of us who are just interested in the destination, it's better to be a satisficer. Right. I think that's a very good point. For you and me, it's hard to imagine enjoying the journey, but clearly others do. All right. In our next segment, we're going to talk about stumbling blocks. That's our name for the small, seemingly innocuous things that get in our way when we're trying to make our lives happier, healthier, and more productive. 
Today's stumbling block is a loophole. Now, a loophole is when you're trying to keep some kind of good habit, but you've come up with a justification why just this once you're off the hook, that for some reason something doesn't count. And this loophole I call the one-coin loophole. And it gets its name from a classical teaching story, which is called the argument of the growing heap. And this, this teaching story goes like this. Are you rich if you have 10 coins? You'd say no. Mm-hmm. If 10 coins aren't enough, what if you add one coin? What if you add another coin? Finally, you have to say that you can't be rich unless one coin can make you rich. Now, this has huge implication for habits because just as in the story, one coin by one coin, a person becomes rich. It's only by the addition of the one coin that eventually you get to the growing heap. Mm -hmm. With a habit, it's only by one trip to the gym and one trip to the gym and one trip to the gym that you form the habit of going to the gym and that you get all the benefits, all the riches that are going to come from going to the gym. So the one coin loophole is when you say, well, what's one coin? One coin doesn't make a difference. So Elizabeth, have you ever caught yourself invoking this loophole? Which is very true. I mean, that's what's dangerous about it. It's very true. Yeah, I mean, I invoke it all over the place. Uh, you know, <laughs> it it is a great loophole. It works every yeah, day. It works every time. Absolutely, every <laughs> single day. Um, you know, the one that's really I'm really having trouble with it at, at the time at right now is uh, you know I'm trying I I won't say I'm trying I'm writing a novel uh, on the yeah, side right yeah and, and all your that time. is. Yeah. And that is something where, you know, it's so easy to say, well, if I don't write a paragraph right now, what does it matter? I have to write 300 more pages of this thing. I'm on page four. Right. right, right. Or, or it's going to take a year. What is what does it matter if I skip what one is morning? One day yeah. in a year. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, but I know that if I keep writing those paragraphs or if I write, get up and write two pages at 6 a.m., it's going to add up and I'm going to get to page 300. Um, and now I will tell you that knowing that we were going to be discussing the one <laughs> coin loophole actually got me to work on my novel this oh, week. Oh, there you go. So, because I didn't want you to bust me on it. So, uh, this week, I, I am a happiness bully. You are, yes, the ultimate happiness bully. Uh, so it, it worked, um, but it's hard, it's, it's easy to fall into that. But, but it's just, it's like you, ha- you realize like the only way that you're actually doing something is by doing it in any particular situation. And I think this is, this is a problem because people will often shift, you know, they, they will decide, well, uh, today, like, yes, it's true that I want to spend all this time with my family and it's a really high priority for me, but not today. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's today? What difference does today make? But it's only by doing it today and today and today and today that you build up. That's how you become rich. That's how you get something accomplished. It's also I'll add how you build stamina. You know, yeah. and I because I think a lot of the reason people don't do things, at least for me, is fear. You know, I'm afraid my book is going to be terrible. That's why I don't want to uh, write it. Right. If I actually just do it, it 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 builds the muscle, and then you keep doing it. And so, like, that's definitely true for the gym. No, no, it's such a good point, too, because it's like if you if you do something only rarely and it's like a big production every time you do, you want it to be good. You want it like, wow, I have today's writing has to go well. Today at the gym, I have right. to really push myself. Like, everything has to be really quality. But if you do it all the time, it's like any particular one, you're like, ah, eh, well, today it was sort of lame, but I'll, I'll keep doing it tomorrow. So it takes the pressure off of it. But it's funny, like, sometimes people will use this, like, as a, as a weapon. I, a friend of mine... 
um, lost like 70 pounds. Wow. And um, and so she said somebody in her office like used the one coin loophole to undermine her. She would say, oh, you've been so good. What's one cupcake? Okay. Right. It's like, well, one cupcake, cupcake by cupcake, I gained 70 pounds. Right. And cupcake by cupcake, I lost it. And so it's so true that it's easy to invoke, but it can quickly spiral out of control. Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question for me and Elizabeth at 774-277-9336, or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. On upcoming shows, we'll be answering some of your questions. But since this is episode one, we don't have any calls yet. So instead, we're answering a question posted to us from Gretchen's Facebook page. The question is, does checking Facebook make people feel happier and connected or more lonely and sad? Uh, good question. Good question. The, I mean, funny thing for me is I'm not even on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, why not? So but why, that, I don't know if I deserve to answer this. But why have you made that choice? You know, at the beginning, it was because there were just certain people in my past who I did not want to reach me or, find, right. or you know, know where I was. Uh, nothing dangerous, just people <laughs> I didn't care to speak to. Um, and, I can vouch for that. There's no secret uh, yeah. crimes. Um, but, you know, over time, I it, it just seems so overwhelming. Like, I see now why Facebook is valuable because, for instance, my husband is on it, and he'll tell me something that a good friend of mine is doing, such as moving to Italy, that I have yeah. no idea about. And, you know, he'll know what her kids look like, and I don't know because I haven't seen them for, you know, a year. So I'm realizing that it's making me feel like I'm out of the loop and that I am not connected to people. So I would like to join, but I feel overwhelmed by jumping in now. It seems so late in the game. Right. Well, I think, I mean, and that's why it makes people happier is I think, you know, ancient philosophers and contemporary scientists agree that if you had to say, what is the secret to happiness? Probably the best answer is relationships. So anything Mm -hmm. that helps people stay in touch to maintain relationships is something that's probably going to make you happier. But the thing about Facebook is that like many things in life, it's an amplifier of human nature. It Mm. makes good things better and bad things worse. And so if you're the kind of person who really gets upset if you compare yourself to others or if you have relationships in the past, like, you know, a tendency to be kind of a slight stalker, um, you know, there's things about it that can can amplify the negative as well as the positive. And, And it's interesting. There's a lot of research right now. Scientists are really interested in what is its effect on us? How is it making us happy or not? But I, but I think just for most people in everyday life, I think your experience, the one that like, wow, it really makes it a lot easier to stay in touch with people. Like everybody's so busy, it's hard to like pick up the phone or make plans. Yeah. And anything that makes it easier. Is I that. think you just need to remember, I know I will, should I embark upon the Facebook you know, journey, is that people present, I think a lot of people, their fantasy selves. Yes. And yes, so yeah, that's true. next to all of these fantasy selves, you you can feel uh, like your life is not measuring up. Right. So yes. I have I will definitely have to guard myself against that because I could spend a lot of time beating myself up over, you know, the fact that I don't have a garden, you know, growing you right, know, right, growing right. my own vegetables and all right. of that. Right, right. Your kids aren't trilingual and all that business. Now, that's a very good point. It's like you have to use it. It's like everything. It's a, it's a good servant and a bad master. 
Well, if you'd like Gretchen and me to answer your question on a future show, here's the number to call. 774-277-9336. That's 77-HAPPY-336. To wrap up the show, Elizabeth and I are going to get even more personal. First, one of us is going to give ourselves a happiness demerit for a mistake we made this week that affected our happiness. Then, so we don't leave you on a down note, one of us will award a gold star to something or someone we think deserves to be recognized. You know, you'd think that just like the average person would not have to make a big effort not to email uh, while talking on the phone to the love of her life. Uh, And yet this is something that I really have to make a special effort. Like, do not email while I'm talking on the phone to Jamie. And, you know, the other day I was just... Uh, you know, it was all, the, I'm sure, you know, when there's that pause mm-hmm. before somebody answers, because you know that they're like trying to like slightly rewinding it in their brain. And I'm, you know, and then he started answering his email. I could hear him clattering away. <laughs> so there we were both totally ignoring each other, clattering away on our keyboards. And it wasn't like a companionable, nice, like, let's sit here together and answer our emails together. It's just like, you were both sneaking just have, it. Yeah, we were, yeah, it was just so rude. I was like, okay, but well, okay, so okay. we'll do better next time. And I have we'll, to we'll, ask we'll, you, though, um, I can't help myself. Are you email? Are you emailing uh, people when I'm talking to you on the phone? No, with you never. never. And never, I would never, never, never do it to you either. Ever. Never. Never. When I ask I you bow. to repeat what you just said, it's it's because I really want to think <laughs> it over, not because I wasn't listening. Right. Right. And it's instantaneous always. Um, but okay. So now on a happier note, let's 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 go to the gold star to give. Um, my gold star this week goes to my treadmill desk. Ah, I love treadmill desk. Yes. I, I don't know if everyone knows what a treadmill desk is. It's what it sounds like. It's a (laughs) desk on which you put your computer and your phone and your your pens. And it's uh, underneath is a treadmill. (laughs) Uh, And you walk while you write or talk on the phone or, or in my case, break story for television shows. So uh, and I have to give you credit, Gretchen, because this was your gift to me a few years ago. uh, My genius idea. Recently, a few years ago, whenever for my 40th birthday. And I'd been off of it for a few weeks because I just hadn't been in the office. And so right. I got back on it this week, and I had two 5.5-mile days. Oh, my gosh. Know. So just like in the middle of your work day, you're walking five miles without... Yes, without trying. And I have right. to tell you, especially because, you, as you know, I'm a type 1 diabetic. So yeah. mo- keeping in motion really helps me keep my blood sugar under control. And even aside from that, it ju- it just makes me happier. And, you know, I even got uh, my writing partner even got one because she didn't want to sit around. You know, <laughs> she said like a slug while I was you know walking away during a meeting. So I recommend the treadmill desk to anyone um, who has the space for it. But and then and this is the thing where like you live in L.A. So you have space. I live in New York. I can't I tried so hard to figure out a way to get a treadmill desk. But if I put it in my office, I would not be able to open the door. So it is. And I'm so sad. I really envy you. Your treadmill it is. It's a it's a great sadness in your life. But (laughs) you you can enjoy mine. I enjoy it vicariously. And that's it for the first episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home, the one-minute rule, and let us know if it's helpful. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Onward.
Wow, Gretchen, it seems like so recently and so far in the past that we <laughs> yeah. recorded that. And after the break, we're going to talk a bit about what struck us in the episode, but first this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, and I found it at Quince. So well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wow. that I mean... That brings back so many memories. Like, so many things are the same and so many things are different. It, it's weird, Alyssa, to think you weren't even on Facebook then. I can't. I know. That, I, can you believe that? No. I, I can't remember there was ever a time before you were on Facebook. Well, and now, Gretch, <laughs> Sarah and I have this thriving Facebook group um, for the Happier in Hollywood community. So it's just funny. No, and you, you're very engaged on Facebook. I was flabbergasted that you realized that at that point you weren't. And you know, Gretch, I recorded that first episode at an NPR um, office in Santa Monica. And I remember driving there just like shaking in my boots. Oh, I know. Gosh, I know we used to get so nervous beforehand. Yes. You know what? I, I was also remembering when we started, we didn't have the happiness hack segment, which I think now That's is one right. of our most popular segments, but we didn't have that for, I think, the first year or so. And that was your idea, by the way, Gold Star. Thank you. And Thank the you. button. We didn't have a button for a long time, which the button is the is the little kind of PS or outtakes that we always do at the very, very end of the show after the credits. Um, and listen, I, I bet some people don't even know we have the button there. I know. But, yeah. But... You and Sarah had one for Happier in Hollywood, and I loved it so much that I called you up. I was like, can we copy that for Happier? Because I love the button. What's also funny, Gretchen, is listening to my voice. Yeah. Because um, it has been like a thing from the beginning is that um, some people, you know, think I'm too monotone. Um, and almost always when I meet someone, they'll say, well, I like your voice, <laughs> which I appreciate. <laughs> Well, I like your voice, too. Thank you, Gretch. Cheers to the next five years. We'll be doing this again in five years. Yes. Woo. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. From the Onward Project. <laughs> 